This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is incredible. You know when you get the text about your STI results? The three pie now. Lads, I've been getting the spreadsheets ready. He knows his stuff, this boy. Or go down the Harry Potter route and send an owl. Well, I think we should get on the Wembley headphones. By the end of the tournament, there may be a kiss. Edison invented the light bulb. And naturally, we had to get Mike Dean to a chicken shop. Get on the moon! <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Peter Crouch Podcast with me, Peter Crouch. We've got Statman Dave and Chris Stark with me as usual for what is the final episode of the World Cup series. What a, what a World Cup, lads. Wow. I mean, where to start? obviously we're going to get into the final. I can't wait to hear both your experiences of it. Um, but, but it has been, it's been such a strange tournament in many ways, but enjoyable as well. And uh, like we said at the start of this tournament, there will be stuff that just emerges that will be special to this tournament that we can discuss. Housery being a major topic of it. <laughs> uh, we, we saw some some of the world-class housery mm. on display in that final, didn't we? We saw Emmy Martinez's housery rate must be two, 3,000% at the moment. Sensational housery. There is something to be said for how important it is in that game and, and what part it had to play. We said in the last pod, we almost signed off going, you know, could the housery of Argentina be the difference between the two teams? And there is an argument perhaps to say that that was what tipped the balance in the end. When when it went to penalties, like he just fancied sort of Martinez over Lloris, didn't you? That for me was the big factor. And everyone goes on about the penalty takers. And of course, yeah, the penalty takers are key, but the keepers have to face all the penalties, you know? And if you've got a top, top level Hauser in nets, <laughs> I, I always think you've got a chance. I can't wait till we get into all of this today. <laughs> so much to discuss. And thank you for the many hundreds, if not thousands of messages that we've received since the last podcast. So many questions. It'd be good to get into some of them as well. And also, how many people have enjoyed this World Cup series? It's it's a bit of a different one for us. We're recording all of this remotely. Dave's in his cave. Crouchy's on holiday. He's just told me he's just got off a jet ski. Uh, I'm in my garage. It's absolutely sloshing down. I mean, it's really pissing down outside here. And Crouchy's looking so smug on the on the cam at the moment. It's what you want to hear, though, when you're away. You do want to hear that, don't you? Listen, I'm back for Christmas. So I'll, I'll be back amongst it. But at the moment, it is paradise. <laughs> so where did you enjoy the game, Crouchy? Do you want to set the scene? And, and how did Abby find the final? Do you know what? So we went for dinner and then we um, got a little little boat over to uh, another island and, and they set up a big screen on the beach. And um, it was very sort of, you know, if it had been England, it would have been a very different uh, scenario. But it was it was quite reserved. It was quite relaxed. Um, you know, there was kids running around and we were just watching the game really casually, really. And uh, And obviously when it 
went to the point that it went to, when it sort of went to 2-2, everyone started piling in. And, you know, Abby, all the girls that weren't particularly interested in football started watching. And I think that's what's so special about the World Cup, isn't it? It's like, you know, people that don't watch football as often as we do um, get really into it and start, you know, feeling the buzz and, and the World Cup fever took hold. And, and thankfully, that's what happened this, this World Cup. It changed people's opinions of what they see as a boring game, if you like. Because if you don't like football, I, 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 having watched this World Cup, you know, I feel sorry for you. And hopefully you, you've got involved because it was, it was incredible the whole way through. It's one of those things, Crouch, I really, really agree with you there that this should pull more people into the sport and why we love it. That's why it's so beautiful because everyone, like, it was insane. I was sat in the pub with, with I think like six, six of my mates just drinking pints and it was just insane. I don't know what a, what a moment. Mm. And, and also, you know, quite often we bill it as, you know, it gets billed with the two best players, like Mbappe versus Messi. And quite often it doesn't, it doesn't come to fruition, does it? But then you see Mbappe gets a hat-trick, you know, Messi scores the <laughs> winning goals, you know, he scores his penalties. Um, they both play fantastically well. And it was looking like it wasn't going to be Mbappe's night. And then, you know, because let's be honest, Argentina dominated the game. Um, but we got the star performers performing to their best, the teams performing to their best. We got goals, we got drama, and we got shithousery. What more do you want? <laughs> Has there ever been a final with three penalties, Dave? I'm not sure. No, I think this is the first one where we had that amount of penalties. I'm pretty sure Argentina, their six penalties over the tournament, which was the most of any side ever. Yeah, but at least the referee was consistent. Whether or not you think it was a penalty, he was consistent in sort of the awarding of them, I think it's fair to say. And it made it bloody exciting for it. I mean, talk about pressure penalties, Crouchy. Oh my God, the pressure on them. <clears throat> but also, you know, even when they got it back to 2-2, you thought, oh my God, this, you know, France's name's on it now, you know, and they've got the ascendancy. So quite often, like psychologically, you feel like when you've lost, you've almost lost the World Cup, quite often you can go, you know, oh, everyone's down, you know, so the character of France to come back and then the character of Argentina to go again. Because let's be honest, I, France didn't have a kick in the first half. I think it really showed the quality of their bench. I think that was something that England have got in abundance as well, just the quality on the bench, and it just changed the game. You know, you're thinking Deschamps completely lost his head. Look, I've been there, football manager, you know, you, you, you're 2-0 down in a fight, you're fuming, and you, you make those subs that early. But, you know, it kind of made a bit of an impact, I think, on the, the in the longer term of the game. I think it did make a bit of an impact. Of course it did. Definitely. I thought Camavinga come on as well, and Coleman, yeah. I thought both... Both really impacted the game and taking Giroud off so early as well. Like, you know, big, big calls he made there and, you know, very, very close to getting the back in it. Can we talk about the Mbappe finish as well, Crouchy? I want to get your striker's take on that goal. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm not sure if you saw my tweet, which was very similar to... <laughs> technique to my volley against Trinidad and Tobago. And I've had, I, obviously, I had quite a lot of people interact with that tweet, right? And um, it's quite quite a few from, you know, various countries because obviously that's the World Cup's very big and, you know, it's a global thing. And quite often, I think, you know, quite quite a lot of people um, were giving me grief and saying, nah, Mbappe's was miles better. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm is sometimes lost on Twitter, don't you think? Well, it's, yeah, it's, in, the global, in the global game that we're in, I think it's it's irony and sarcasm might be might be lost. It was one of the worst volleys I've ever produced. 
um, in one of the biggest stages uh, as compared to Mbappe's one of the best volleys we've ever seen on the world's biggest stage that, to win the world. I had one person tweet me say, yeah, but he's won the World Cup and you haven't. <laughs> that's, that's you told, eh? Crouchy, just on that Mbappe penalty at the end, right? How is he so calm? Have have you met any players that are like that? They're a different breed now, Dave. Like I, I feel like even you know the England players. Like I don't know. It just they seem to be. There's no, there's no nerves. Like I don't. I see people to the way they take penalties. I see the way you know. I always remember like the you know uh, Trent Alexander Arnold's first Champions League final, and I, I can't remember the age he was. It was something ridiculous. And I remember the first touch he had. Someone it was it was a fifty sixty yard ball over to the far side where he was, and he controlled it like with the outside of his boot, uh, like in in the air and sort of just popped it up and then played another diag. And I thought, <laughs> just play, <laughs> play your way into the game, son. Like, don't, <laughs> don't be, don't be to showboating minute one in your first ever Champions League final, you know, just like steam into a tackle or something. So do, do you think there's like, no, there's like, cause he, he looked like he was almost laughing when he was taking that penalty at the end. Like <laughs> he looked like he was just so relaxed. I think the players love, you know, when I see these top players now, I feel like they love the pressure. They love, they mm. like being the centre of attention. They like that shoulder, that burden. Um, and the top players, I think if you're going to be, and like we're talking about, we're talking Mbappe, Ronaldo, um, Messi, uh, Lewandowski, you know, I'm talking top, top, top. You have to, you have to enjoy that pressure because you, ha- they have it on them. Every single game, you know, we're expecting, you know, Mbappe, Messi to produce at the top level in every single game. And when they don't, you know, that they're compared to such, there's such small margins now that they're compared to. And, uh, you know, for Messi to do what he's done this tournament and, um, you know, dominate and be, you know, man of the match in almost every game, um, score the goals that he's done and, and, and lift it. Um, when everyone said beforehand, is this his final swan song? And he made it his final swan song. Um, and of course, he's got you know stuff to do at Paris Saint-Germain. But I mean, what an amazing tournament. <laughs> stuff to do, like it's absolutely nothing. But you, stuff, you, stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, just a few things to do. Win a Champions League and that. But no, Messi became the first player to score in the round of 16, quarterfinal, semi-final and the final of a World Cup. Wow. Only five players have won the Champions League World Cup and Ballon d'Or. Rivaldo, Kaká, Ronaldinho, Zidane and Lionel Messi. First player to win the Golden Ball twice, 2014, 2022. It's just ridiculous. Has Messi completed football, Crouchy? Mm, I believe so. Okay, one challenge for him left, all right? Newell's old boys in Argentina win the Copa Libertadores and the Argentinian League with them. That would be the only thing that I'd say. He doesn't need to do it, but it's like a bonus game for You think him. that squares it off? That square, that just... That's done and dusted then. I, I, yeah, either that or, you know, go to, go to Saudi and win their, win their Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> it's what he's always wanted to do, Crouchy. Well, I think it's might be what you want. You might want to do that. That'll be what he says is the big <laughs> achievement, though. I can't and I can't wait for that press conference. <laughs> 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 um, 
Well, you know, when you're watching the game, I'm interested to know what commentary you were listening to, Crouchy. There was a, a big thing in the UK because obviously it was on BBC and ITV and uh, choosing between the two. And I've noticed this more this tournament than any other tournament is people, uh, I mean, especially on Twitter, I would say laying into, but but being quite vocal in who they want to have as their sort of dream punditry team, ideal commentator, ideal pundit for the final. There was so much chat around this here ahead of the game. Obviously out here, obviously I didn't get the you know the BBC or, or ITV. It was um, a, sort of a local company, but they had, the commentator was Peter Drury and Alan Smith. So oh, we, we had nice. the commentary. And I don't know if you've seen Peter Drury's comments when, when Messi's lifting it. It's gone viral now. Um, but we were listening to that live and I thought it was spine tingling. You know, sometimes, you know, commentators and, and, and for some reason we do have a huge, we, we, it's, it's become a big thing, isn't it? Like the commentator yeah. and what they say and what they do. And um, it, it's like they want, you want them in the moment and you want it to be special and you want them to say to be just right. And I think Peter Drury get, gets it spot on every time. I really do. I think you're right. Obviously, as a podcast, we've always been big fans of Clive Tilsley and Peter Drury. He's had a great tournament, hasn't he? I mean, it's 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 worth a point of note. Just if we're talking about the big players in this tournament, Drury's had a wonderful one. And 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 Tilsley's a bit like Ronaldo. He it's it, you know he went out earlier than expected. Um, you know, I think we're all hoping to see him in the final. Him against Drury, maybe. Well, Clive, Clive's busy with Crouchfest now anyway, so we've, we've, got, we've, we've, we've claimed him now. <laughs> Did you see uh, Macron, a uh, lad called Tom, tweeted us? I've got so many messages around the final. It's so good. Um, this had Tom. Did you notice? He says, boys, uh, Macron giving Mbappe an absolute parching after the game. Did you witness this? Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge parching. I couldn't, I don't know. I just, the, the, can you imagine Rishi coming on the pitch at the end there and, and, and parching Harry Kane? <laughs> Embarrassing. I don't know. It's a strange one, isn't it? It's always mad in a final when they cut to politicians like that. It's like you've got, you've, you've got all the fans and then you've got the presidents and, and prime ministers. And it's, it's wild seeing them just as football fans, you know, when it, when it cuts mm. away to them. Well, that's that's when you realise, like, when you're at a World Cup, like, just how big it is. You know, I remember I remember Prince William and Prince Harry being in the dressing room before our games, um, and like, you just know it's not a normal game. Yeah, it's, yeah. When you've got like Prince William, and Prince Harry parching you uh, before <laughs> or after a game, it it does suggest it's a biggie, doesn't it? It it, it certainly does. Talking, I mean, what what did you make of Sergio Aguero going full Jade John Terry? He was part of the group, though, wasn't he? Because he was apparently rooming with Lionel Messi. Was he? Apparently, yeah. So, Emmy Martinez was bunking with him at the Copper, but then Emmy Martinez was bunking now with the, 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 with the coaching staff. So, he's been there for the, the long run. Crouchy, does that mean that he gets to go and lift the trophy? Well, listen, you know, he's had to retire. He's obviously a big part of that squad. And, you know, him and Messi are very, very tight, aren't they? Um, you know, I'm pretty sure Messi's godfather to to his uh, to his son um, and that son bear it in mind has got Sergio Aguero for a dad um, Diego Maradona as a granddad and Lionel Messi as his godfather 
Fucking hell, he's, he's just played the system there. Do you know what? What's stopping one of us doing that? Like, why didn't I think of when my son was born just making Messi his godfather? Because it would be really rude for him to say no to it. But do, do you know what I mean? Like, just sign up someone like that, financially secure, you know, a fucking legend. And just, mm. you know, always tell your son whether Messi knows about it or not that he's in fact his godfather. You know, and then let let the child one day turn up at Messi's door. It really has been um, it's it's been a weird and special World Cup having it this time of year. Um, all sorts of stuff that's happened. We did mention that we'd like to do some sort of separate podcast World Cup awards for this tournament um, for themes from this podcast, which ironically have ended up going quite mainstream throughout the tournament. There's a lot of people who've been listening to this. Um, so where would you like to start, boys? Start with the golden ball, Chris. The golden ball. So the podcast golden ball. Okay, explain. Yeah, so um, FIFA have been busy. They've got a technical study group who award the golden ball uh, to the best three players, or the sort of the golden ball, the silver ball, and the bronze ball to the three best players at the World Cup. The technical group have gone with Lionel Messi golden ball, Mbappe silver ball, and Luka Modric bronze ball. What do you reckon, Crouchy? I can't. You can't really disagree with that. I think you know Lionel Messi's part of a team that's won it, and Mbappe's part of a team that's finished second. So silver, Modric third, and the best players in those three teams are Messi, Mbappe, and Modric. Um, I, I can't disagree with that I think there's been some great surprise packages you know obviously uh, Morocco being one of those as well um, and some good players in in other teams that, that didn't progress maybe as far as they should but that's the three I would pick yeah okay well I don't think there's any arguments there should we move on to the podcast golden glove which by the way let's talk about this because um, it's going to lead to a whole chat on housery isn't it but uh, Dave set up the golden glove so, lads, onto the Golden Glove again. There's a little committee, the, a technical study group, the absolute nerds. They're picking this. So, they're going with Bono, they're going with uh, Martinez or Jordan Pickford. There's only one winner there. I just think Housery, what, you know, Housery has become a huge part of goalkeeping, as it seems. And uh, Emmy Martinez has, has, has dominated. I mean, brilliant in penalty shootouts. Thought he played really well. He came and claimed things. Um, and yeah, I think the other two goalkeepers have done well as well, but but Martinez is the standout candidate there, surely. Yeah, so it starts with clean sheets, doesn't it? That's how it's done, and then it goes down to that technical group. But um, what a, what a guy! And firstly, can we give an honourable mention to the trophy itself, which looks like something out of Art Attack? It's <laughs> a golden hand. It looks bizarre when you see a player holding it. Did he did he disrespect it by humping it in front of the <laughs> FIFA delegates? Um, did he disrespect the trophy? I've never seen someone thrust their cock into a trophy on the pitch. <laughs> Have you seen it happen off the pitch, Crouchy? Um, I've, you see players drinking out of it. Uh, I, I've never seen anyone um, boning a trophy, though. <laughs> I really want it to catch on. I want this to happen with every major trophy now. I want this to be a thing that if you win one, that's how you celebrate with it. It was wonderful to see. And the and the guy's reaction, I, I'm, and you'll have to excuse me, I'm sure he's a very important um, Qatari official. The guy's face behind 
he was absolutely <laughs> disgusted at what he was saying. <laughs> It was just it was just passion. That was it. He was just very passionate about winning the golden gloves. He wanted to show some passion to the trophy. Complete <laughs> shithousery, even after the game. You know, even after the game. Complete housery of itself of, of, of the finest. But what was that? What what was he Not doing? Really. Because Not it really. wasn't even like he had the glove end on his cock, which <laughs> I would say is funny, right? Because it would look like a golden hand job. Which in that situation would be some astonishing housery, hand job housery, but he's gone the other end with it, and that's what baffles me about it. And I was just desperate to see what he then did with the the actual World Cup, but he mm. didn't go there. He didn't go there. No, no, no. I think you've got to respect World Cup. I think that's too far. <laughs> it was so good. That's, that's too far. That. The Golden Gloves a new kind of vibe, and I think you can. It's it's it, the World Cup's not to be disrespected. I don't think in that manner. Yeah. So, Dave, was he statistically the best goalie? So, if we're actually looking at the stats, um, Livakovic, the Croatian keeper, prevented the most uh, post shot expected goals. So he saved Croatia three point five goals in the tournament. Also saved the most penalties. He had a really really good all round tournament. So I, I'd say. It would have been if Lavarkovic made it to the final and I think, you know, put in a good performance there. But I don't think we can ignore the impact of Emmy Martinez's housery on yeah. the two shootouts. He was dancing away. He, he'd throw the ball away. Did you see that? Like he mm. would, when he got the ball, he'd just throw it off. I mean, as a striker, how would that have affected you, Crouchy, do you think? Um, it, it's just not ideal, is it? I think, you know, little things like that, you know, they are taking your focus off the penalty, no matter what you say, because you go, right, oh, he's thrown the ball. And you think about him being a twat. And then you think about, you've got to go and get the ball. And you're trying to focus as much as you can, but you're thinking, I just really want to score this now. <laughs> and, you know, of course you want to score it anyway, but you really want to stick it to him. Um, but having said that, he's also a great at saving them. He, he, you know, he throws himself at them, doesn't he? So I suppose it's kind of like, you know, do you go too far with Hauser at times? When does kind of confidence become arrogance in a sense? I've dug out some quotes from goalkeeping coach Neil Cutler, who was a driving force behind Aston Villa signing Martinez. I went to the sporting director with a PowerPoint presentation so the club could understand how he was going to be the goalkeeper he is now. The biggest thing that we worked on is about his personality. That really comes across now. He plays with a confidence and an arrogance that he didn't have when he first arrived. He always, always been confident in his own ability, but we needed to get that to come across in games. That's when he's at his best. When he's not arrogant, he's bubbling on the edge. He's very confident. He's not bothered with about a backlash or the unsporting like behavior. He just goes and does it. He's a, he's an amazing character. Do you not remember when um, he had that last game at Arsenal? And I think, I think it was an FA cup match and, the, and Arsenal played him. I might be wrong on the FA cup thing. I'm just going by memory here, but he played and then he cried at the end of it. Do you remember that? And it was because he was leaving. He was so proud to have got that game for Arsenal. And then he made that move and just had a phenomenal start at um, Villa. But it's interesting to see how aware they were of his personality and how it could be used to their advantage, um, considering he wasn't playing that many first-team matches. Mm. 
I, I liked him at Arsenal. I remember he came in towards the end and um, he played and everyone was like, you know, it was a bit surprising him, you know, Arsenal selling him at the time. Yeah. Um, because I thought he had a shot to be Arsenal. I remember saying it at the time, and I thought Villa got a really, really good goalkeeper there. Um, but even his, even his quotes um, after the game, I don't know if you saw them, uh, saying during the 2014 World Cup, I was having a barbecue with my friends in Argentina. I remember crying because we lost to Germany. During the Russia 2018 finals, I was in the stands with my brother, and I told him that in the next one, I would be there. It's a great story, that. I think when you look at it as well, Crouchy, with, with that type of confidence, is that just a point in your career where you really just start to believe in what you are as a footballer? Yeah, I do. But also, you know, it, it's a great quote because he's done that. I think there's plenty of players who sat there at 2018 and went, I'm going to play in the next one and they're fucking nowhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it now. I'm going to play in the next tournament. <laughs> <laughs> We should get this Neil Cutler on the pod because I'm fascinated behind the um, the importance that's put on psychology and how much how much weight there is on that when deciding to sign a player or how you deal with that or how you get the best out of these different characters. And you talked right at the start of this podcast about the mentality of Mbappe, for example, taking that penalty and enjoying it. And Crouchy, you were saying these players are just made in a different way. And I do wonder if it's people like Neil Cutler um, who we should maybe get on just to get that insight into how it works and, and how they deal with that and, and what is different. Like if there is actually some major differences between your experience as a player and, and maybe what some of the newer players are are being um, kind of exposed to going through. But it's this, this kind of goalkeeping houser has been going on for generations, hasn't it? You remember Bruce Grobelar's spaghetti legs um, mm. in the European Cup final, like things like that, like Jersey Dudek kind of like replicated. I remember Jamie Carragher telling him to to, to do something that unsettles them and him, you know, trying to trying to do that. You know, the, 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 even standing one side of the goal, like penalties in training, you, you expect, you know, nine out of 10 go in, you know, but in a, in a, tournament with the pressure it's all it's all about psychology everyone can take a penalty everyone can score one we're professional footballers um it's 12 yards out you know you should be scoring them it's all about the mentality and the psyche hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Should we move on to the golden chin pads? Um, now, this isn't a FIFA recognised award. This is purely a podcast one. And I did originally think that this could be some sort of defensive award uh, because there's obviously a lot of chat in major tournaments around strikers. And I think it'd be good to look after the other end. But actually, I'm using this as a kind of um, housery award, if you will. 
So some of the top shithousery that we've seen throughout this tournament is going to be represented in the golden shin pads. I've got a couple of nominations for you boys that can mm. help focus your mind. You ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this year's golden shin pads winner uh, will be one of three people. And I'd like you to discuss who, who deserves it. I'm open to you suggesting someone else. Uh, first up, we've got Kim Jong-un. Um, and that's because North Korean state TV aired its first ever South Korea football match this World Cup, which happened to be the 4-1 defeat to Brazil. Mm, yeah. Um, broadcasting housery there. Broadcasting mm. housery from King Jong-un. Uh, you'd expect nothing less. Deserves a nomination there for a golden shin pad. Uh, we've got Argentina in general. I've just grouped <laughs> the whole team into it. Uh, we've obviously been talking about Martinez's you know, penalty shootout housery. But the whole team, I think, has had a fantastic tournament in terms of housery. And finally, a nomination for a golden shin pad. I've written down Statman Dave. And this is for predicting Serbia <laughs> to uh, win the World Cup. <laughs> and then implore all of our listeners to go about their day, you know, suggesting that they have kind of decent insight into this tournament because Serbia are going to be a dark horse and an underdog but they'll do it and they'll go far. It was um, it was awful from you, Dave. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, I it did pick Argentina as favourites to win it at the start, but that doesn't matter. I've let myself down. So yeah, three three nominations there. Where, where who would you like to award the golden shin pads to? Um, it'd be easy to go with Argentina. I think Kim Jong Un has obviously excelled himself there with uh, the broadcasting housery. But Satman Dave, uh, I think, should win this award um, purely on the basis of you know it, the fact that he's housed our listeners to the point <laughs> where they're all sheepish going into work. They're embarrassed, um, and you know he's carried on like nothing's happened. I think the golden should. Be- <laughs> Goes to stand by Dave this year. Absolutely. I'd like to give an honorary mention to a listener called Jay who who messaged us this. It says, I've just booked Vanuatu for April. You boys will be pleased to know. My missus has no idea why I was so keen to go to Vanuatu. <laughs> but let us know if you want a live report in April. Then he's put the hashtag honeymoonhousery. So he's managed to, by the looks of it, book a honeymoon to Vanuatu. Sold it as like, oh, we'll go to this amazing place. But he's purely done it because he listens to this podcast. Incredible scene. That is absolutely mm. incredible. Jay, we salute you. Pass the pod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. couple more awards. We've got the Golden Water Bottle. <laughs> this award goes to the most parched this tournament. And we've got some good nominations here, Crouchy, haven't we? Yeah, we certainly have. You know, we had Japan, um, you know, several examples of parchiness in Qatar. Uh, their fans cleaning the stands to leaving the dressing room in immaculate condition. Many would mm. say um, respectful, um, you know, shows what a nice nation they are. Um, yes, I agree. Also parched. Um, <laughs> but England is another one. Uh, was, might be surprised to find out that, you know, England are parched. Uh, they received the FIFA Fair Play Award for uh, receiving just a single yellow card uh, this <laughs> tournament. And that was in their final game. Um, we are a, part, a nation of parched. Mm. That's amazing. So you're saying the FIFA Fair Play Award is is almost a kind of parchy, <laughs> parchy thing to get. 
Well, it's I don't know. It's not something that's ever on your radar, is it? But um, it's quite <laughs> it's quite poetry. Yeah. I would like to throw in a quick nomination for um, President Macron with Mbappe. As well. <laughs> uh, he's an outside chance for the golden water bottle. Also, also because he, he didn't he offer um, Benzema to fly on his plane with him out there. So he tried to parch Benzema. He pied him off. So he was parched Mbappe instead. <laughs> Shocking. Any other nominations, guys? Yeah, so Emmy Martinez, as as I mentioned before, spent the whole tournament sharing a room. <laughs> He's on every award, by the way. Every award. <laughs> He's had some tournament, hasn't he? <laughs> sharing a room with a member of the coaching staff due to Aguero taking his place in Messi's room. That's pretty parchy, that, to spend it with a coach's crouchy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... That cements his place in the team, doesn't it? You know, he's he, 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 the manager's getting reports back. Yep, he's sleeping well. He's eating right. He's doing the right things. Um, it cements him in as number one. And who, who's who's to say? You know, Argentina have other good goalkeepers, um, and he's been played throughout the tournament. Maybe that was down to him being parched. We've got to give it Japan, haven't we? Surely, I think it's got to go to Japan. Yeah, the nation of Japan. Uh, have won this year's golden water bottle uh, according to that Peter Crouch podcast uh, we got any more awards we got the golden man bat batman trophy um, right. obviously we, we came right. up right some... to explain this one Dave <laughs> yeah that famous <laughs> trophy bit of, a, bit of a weird one <laughs> But obviously, we've been sent in so many good nicknames over um, over the tournament. Um, we still haven't found Wayne Bruce, but you've sent in some banging, banging nicknames. Uh, Jason Cummings, of course, was the one that kicked this all off. Uh, Cum Dog or Cum Dingo uh, by the Aussies, of course. We've got Paul, who had a bald mate who called his uh, one of his pals J9 because that was the junction from Leatherhead, which I thought was very, very good. <laughs> oh, that's genius. Okay, I see where you're going with this. So, yeah, in case you've not heard this in another podcast, um, Wayne Bruce, uh, there was a fellow called Wayne Bruce. His nickname was Man Bat, which is, which is just, one of my just unreal, isn't it? I think there was a bigger story behind that. You'll have to listen back to another podcast. Um, but, yeah, we've been asking for your nicknames throughout this tournament. That's a really good one from Paul, J9. Um, yeah, but... Cum Dogs had a major tournament, hasn't he? So they're selling shirts. I saw about this yesterday. So they were selling Australian shirts with Cum Dog and the number 69 on his back. Uh, he's really had a, a great tournament in terms of nicknames, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 superb. Um, and, and, and keep sending them in because this is something that I want to continue uh, throughout the podcast. You know, if you've got a mate who's, who's got a you know, fantastic nickname, I mentioned, you know, someone that I know called James Pond, who's, who's 006. Um, <laughs> there's a few. We, we also had uh, this voice note from, from Ryan Dingling. Afternoon, Chris. Um, just listening to one of the older podcasts at the minute from, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And I've just got to the point where you're mentioning nicknames. So I thought I'd get in touch and just highlight a few of the funny names from around our area. Um, the town that I'm from is fairly notorious for having stupid nicknames. And I've had Sunday League sides come over and always mention that everybody has stupid names. So here's just to, uh, to name a few for you so you can see that as an example. <clears throat> so we have a pooey, a bucket, a handbrake, ratchet jaw... Pigeon, Rocket, um, Backpack George, 
bin mandan backwards at joe third like the, the list just goes on and on it's it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> i love these i love when you don't get the explanation as to as to how the name has come about you just got to use mm. your imagination yeah, backpack joe is a mad one. <laughs> It's like, I, I actually, I've got to give a shout out to uh, one of Abby's dad's mates, actually, uh, Bumplug, because um, he hasn't had a mention on this pod. Um, still don't know why, but Bumplug, there's a shout out for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Does that conclude our awards? I don't know. I don't know who we award the uh, Golden Man Bat Trophy to. I think Crouchy, you're saying it's going to be an ongoing thing, even away from this tournament. When we get back into the new series, keep sending your nicknames in, and and actually, ideally, do give us stories behind them because it's good to contextualise. Lars, before we go, should we just do one message? It's kind of a bit personal to me, so I'll read this one out from Sam Nutt. Uh, it's slid into the DMs. He said, Bumble have recently added a football fan badge to their app, which people can put on their profile to alert potential partners to the fact they love the sport. Are they nicking the podcast idea? I wanted to let you know, just in case you wanted to get your Statman Dave dating app set up more quickly than you first thought. Mm, slight housery from Bumble mm. here. They've obviously listened to the pod and and seen, you know, the the, the great ideas that we we do come up with here. Uh, and yeah, they they seem to have added the football fan badge. I'm not sure about this. I don't think it's the same as just banging stats at random people. But um, it's it's still a bit of housery, isn't it? Maybe it's something we need to think about. Yeah, I think you're right. And also, I just think whacking a badge up doesn't do much, does it? You want to see that people know about their football. That's why we encourage you to put stats on your page. Anyone can put a little sticker up. And actually, it feels very unfootball doing that. No, no, you want to hit you want to hit young ladies with XG. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hit them with, yeah. you know, games to goal ratios and things like that. X housery as well. I think that's a new one that they could really, you know, they probably could get quite quickly. Easy explanation. But it's been a great tournament, lads, and um, it's been lots of fun doing this podcast a bit differently and doing it twice a week and um, and and just chatting a lot about football. Exciting for the Premier League to come back, though, and and um, the Championship for me. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and you know, there's no rest, is there? We, we we've gone um, with a great World Cup. It's been so much like it's been so much joy to watch. Um, the football's been great. I think you know Messi's got his, his hands on it. No one can begrudge him that. But we are straight back into the thick of the action, aren't we? As soon as we get back, we are. And this tournament has has kind of thrown up so many good ideas of things that we need to do. And because we've been doing this twice a week, we've been remote. We haven't had a proper chance to 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 give a give a proper representation of them. But trust us, we are working on Dave Station. Um, it will be live at some point. We will have Dave there uh, on a on a shade lounge uh, with a phone in his hand, encouraging people to phone him for stats. Uh, we will make it happen. Really stoggies, um, firing stats at you for your pleasure. I had another one the other day. Oh, what, what was I thinking? You, you know, because we talked about doing a strip club as well. We talked about like you you dancing around a pole just saying stats and people being on the side, like putting money in your pants and that. That's another thing that we should definitely do. And then the other one was I was at a wedding the other day and I thought, do you know, everyone does their first dance the same, don't they? They have a song and it's normally Ed Sheeran or something like that. And then occasionally you get a couple who do the dance and then it suddenly cuts in and they do some 
pre-prepared dance routine you know they've had dance lessons that kind of thing all lovely but no one's done a first dance to to dave just singing stats at them do you know what i mean yeah and it's something we should consider if if you're if you're a football fan that wants a slightly different first dance we'll happily put dave out for you And then, of course, make sure you do the uh, the signing of the contract with the shirt in the background as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they're they're things that I still get thrown out to this day, and I I really enjoy them when I when I see them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lots lots for us to do. We're gonna have a little break now. We'll be back in the new year, I imagine. I'd love to say there is a, a serious plan in place. I don't think there is. So we'll be back in the new year. We'll be back into the football. Um, really looking forward to it. I hope everyone has a lovely Christmas and a, and a really happy new year. I hope you boys have a, a lovely Christmas. Yeah, re- reiterate that. Um, you know, I think we'll be back stronger in the new year, as you know. Uh, but until then, Merry Christmas, everyone. Chumbawamba. Can't wait for the golden shinpads to come. Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba, everyone. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to loadofpricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Loadofpricks, loadofpricks.net.